Justin, hi. Welcome to the Penny Lane Podcast. This is a podcast I do about investing, trading. So thank, glad to have you on. Thank you for having me. It's a real honor. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Something you've been wanting to do for a while. Uh, question, it's on my bucket list. What happened to your face? Oh, I have a beard. Um, We're well, filling wanna, it in here. It's for my Halloween costume. I don't want to give it away. Should I oh, give it away? Okay. Well, are you going to reveal it live on the podcast? No, you know. Are you and going I don't to Atlanta? Gonna, I don't think so. So I guess I won't see you. So I should just tell you. Yeah, let's go ahead and hear it. All right. So I'm going to be Bob Ross. Okay. So I need to I need to get a little white in the beard. It's growing out. And then I'm going to get the afro. And Kate's going to be an easel. And I'm just going to paint her. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Have you seen the new Bob Ross documentary? I need to watch it. It sounds very seedy. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. And I love, I love a good crime documentary, but it just, yeah. God, I've been working. You know, I learned how to trade. Yeah. Well, I think we wanted to talk about that. No. Well, like I really did. Like I had my best day ever today. I've had a today? best day ever. Yeah. Congratulations. I learned how to trade. Yeah. I, so you, well, you, it was like, um, well, it's been a longer process than one month, but the past four weeks have been very intentional, right? Yeah. Well, you know, I've been sober now like 10 weeks. Okay. So the last 10 weeks have been very intentional. Very intentional. And um, I want to give some credit to my friend AC, who you know from Benzinga. AC Hammer. Uses Hammer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hammer time. Mm-hmm. Uh, spent an ungodly amount of time with me teaching me how to use Think or Swim and everyone in MTA like has been so lovely, so thankful to Brad for starting that. And then Real Simple Ariel really helped me out. Did you listen to that interview? It's been I, have, I haven't talked to you in six weeks. Weeks, weeks. <laughs> I've had a, a um, you know, I have a day job um, like most of us. And October, uh, lots of travel, lots of travel sure. around the country. Back up. You were taught how to use Thinkorswim by AC Texas Hammer yep. desktop or mobile? Desktop. Oh, okay. I've got all my all my monitors here. I've got my new big computer. I'm got multiple screens working. I'm like a trader now. You've got all like the screens. You got charts on charts. You've got charts Discords charts charts. up. You got the news going. Any CNBC or Cheddar? So. <clears throat> you know, I also took that week off of social media and Discord, right? Yes. And that yeah. was so you could just uh, focus on your trades, your conviction, not listen to anyone else say, get in, get out. This is why I think this, this is my thesis. You just wanted to be able to do it yourself. Do it. Be one with the charts, as Ooh. they say. <laughs> That that's that they do say that, don't they? Yeah. One with the charts. Yeah. One with the charts. And that was my best week ever at the time. Paper. And I've had a little bit of like re-entry. Uh, what's the word? Fatigue. Re-entry's been hard. And mm-hmm. someone on the podcast, I think it may have been Ellis Dillinger, was talking it was, it was. <clears throat> was talking about confirmation bias. Mm-hmm. And I'm so bad at that because even if I see something myself and I'm like, I'm confident 
500 shares of this, let's say. And then I see someone else who I think is good say that they're really confident or that they're taking the trade. I'm like, oh, I'm confident like 1,500 shares of this. (laughs) And then you can get really screwed that way. So Uh um, I've had to sort of take a little bit of a... I'm trying to find a balance between contributing to MTA and being an MTA while also being able to do my own thing enough that like I want to trade trade well and then also help people Mm -hmm. but there's some FOMO right I have some FOMO from being on the floor or FOMO confirmation bias over trade whatever it is I I think it's kind of similar to alcohol. Like my whole life, I'm like, oh, I drink a lot, but I can put up all these like boundaries around drinking to make it like sustainable for my life. And then, but I'm always like, well, it's a, it's a Wednesday. Why not have eight beers or whatever? I felt like same thing happens to me on the trading floor. I'm like, oh, I won't chase anyone's calls. And then I'm like 1500 shares in a trade. Don't know how I got there. Is it still happening? It has happened uh, yeah. this week. So I feel anyways, like I'm in a confessional. It's, I feel like you might be the confessional. <laughs> yeah, I just want to talk to you. Maybe this is too much for the podcast. No. What? Well, do you? I think. Hmm. It's almost like therapy. Like you got to say it out loud, and then you're like, "Man, it sounds worse when I say it out loud." So I won't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel so bad about what I don't feel so bad about what I've said. It's that, fine. Yeah. I think a lot of people suffer from that. So I won't belabor this point. Are you ready to denounce mobile trading like everyone who you've ever spoken to has done for you? Not yet. Yeah, I think so. Like you were a staunch yeah. defender for a long time. Yeah, it doesn't go well for me. Yeah. I don't have like all the information I need. I can't put the stop losses in. Yeah. It doesn't go well. Trading at stoplights is not a good recipe. But you know, I'm very good at that. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Except yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost a lot of money doing that. <laughs> but I'm telling you, I can use that app like nobody's business. So how many hours now in front of this new desktop setup with multiple monitors are you spending? Like. 10 hours a day. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just am kind of like, I got to do it now or I got to stop fucking around. Like, it's been 18 months. Yeah, that's I've true. Lost, I've lost a good deal of money doing this. And I'm just sort of tired of losing money and tired and- of like, I'm also like, worried about being a joke. I think there's a lot of pressure on like women and trading. And I'm like, no, I, it's it's been enough time. You, it's time for you to learn how to do it and be good at it. Yeah, and you feel like the last few weeks has been good. Yeah, yeah, I've had like a a good run. I've been read like three days of the last maybe twelve trading wow. days, which has been Are great. You- actively monitoring your PL because we've talked about in the past like some people just don't like i don't even want to look at that right i don't care about it i care so, about trades so on thinkorswim it'll show you your like open profit and loss for that trade but it trades your overall day yeah 
profit and loss, which is really nice because then I'm very much like I have to finish the trade, which whichever way it goes, if I enter a trade, then I like want to see it all the way through. And that can, it can hurt if you're just on your phone staring at the overall day PL. Like what I've really been able to do is to stay in trades longer because I'd be on my phone and I'd be up like 300 bucks and I'd be like, I got to get out. And then today I made a trade that was a, it was a $3,000 trade. Whoa. I know. So drinks are on you, but since you're not drinking, I get double the drinks. <laughs> Have a drink on me. <laughs> and you stayed in it multiple hours longer than you historically would have? No, I probably stayed in the whole trade about 45 minutes. Oh, wow. But I kept being like, well, the chart's not telling me to leave this trade. And then it just kept running and running. Well, the hot market's back. So so that's on my side. You know, we've been trading in this cold market for so long that now that the plays are working, like mm -hmm. it's not really me. It's just basically I'm just getting rewarded for making it through a very cold market. Yeah. Like a six-month cold market. Right. Interesting. So... Man, I was just going to ask you something. I just forgot. I'm, it was so I'm important. Bogarting this episode. What do you mean? I feel like I just have so much to say. I've got so much energy. I also am trying to cut down on my caffeine just to not be so like, wired all the time. Okay. So basically anything that's a vice, you just are is now out of your life. I will now be an almost perfect person. Got it. That's fun. Yeah. You're really, you're fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not very fun to be around. That's not true. So <laughs> the, the last few weeks have been, oh, I know what I was going to ask you. This is really going to put you on the hot spot, on, on the sure. hot seat. Sure. Are you, are you journaling? Yes, I've been journaling and I've been doing watch lists and charting. Everything that we have been hearing for six months that you're supposed to do, I'm doing that. I'm freaking rules. I'm, I don't even recognize myself. So some people, it takes like hours on YouTube. Some people, it takes paper trading. Some people, it takes uh, reading books and rules. And for you, it takes a podcast to make it all happen. Uh, I would actually have to give the make it all happen credit to AC. He was really hard on me. Wow. I know. Really. And like, I would just try to be like, kind of like girly and be like, well, you know, I don't understand how to do that. And he was like, well, that's unacceptable. And you should oh. figure out how to do that. He's like a nun with a ruler. Yeah. He's really hard on me. That's awesome. And I learned how to trade. Yeah. So, yeah. so I don't want to be too negative before we move on. Are Is this you, about my sobriety? No, 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 no. I'm not. I can't be negative. I can't be negative about that. Um, I will vicariously live your sobriety through you, and I will sure. stay as a consumer. Sure. Wait, yeah. I, are you doing a sober October? People are doing that. Uh-uh. You've had stints of sobriety, though. Do you have uh -huh. any coming up? Not maybe. I've actually had a... a a cut back October, I experienced some, some minor health issues. So I thought alcohol was an easy thing to, to kind of 
cut out. You did. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't just call you up and say, hey, you want to hear some gross stuff? Are you okay? (laughs) Yeah, I'll be fine. Let me ask you a question. How much of it is stress related? I think a large majority. I would think so. You're very... You've had a lot of shit on your plate recently. Just, yeah, the past few months, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, what was my blood pressure? 170 over 110? I've been there. They put me in the hospital immediately, yeah. but I've been there. Yeah, yeah. I, it I was, was also high. eight months pregnant, so. Oh, that's very different. Um, um, I'm, I don't think I am. So 170, <laughs> 170 over 110. How did you discover the blood pressure? I was already in the hospital. Justin. I'm fine. All right. We gotta, <laughs> no, we've got why to, were you why were you in the hospital? There's, you know, HIPAA violations. I can't be disclosing this kind of stuff. I'm you'll just tell kidding. me you'll tell me later? Sure, yeah. It's pretty boring. We don't have to put it on the podcast. It's not that entertaining. So it has to be stress related. Yeah. Have you I thought so. about cutting down on your caffeine consumption? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, coupled with alcohol, and I think I'll just be a better person, not only <laughs> physically, but mentally. All right, I want to ask you about your recent trip, very exciting, to the NASDAQ. The NASDAQ. For a very special event that mm-hmm. got you all access, behind the ropes, red velvet carpet, badge, and everything. Badge and, and all. I saw a cool picture of Andrew Ross Sorkin. Big, big fan. Big fan. Who's Andrew Ross Sorkin? Say hi to Justin. Hi, Quinster. CNBC? Oh, is that the guy I was filming? Yes. Cool. It was Inception. You were filming him while he was filming uh, Squawk on the Street. or I'm sorry, Squawk Box. I'm. I would love to get into this, but I wanted to ask you a question. Do you ever think that you're living in a matrix? Um, you know, I think if I adopt it, like if I did some, we've we've talked about this psilocybin, LSD, oh, right? Sure, sure. If I did that stuff, and then I accepted the fact that we lived in a matrix, I can assure you, my blood pressure would not be one seventy over one ten. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so. Step one. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Psilocybin. Who needs the medicine they gave me? Just do LSD. Are you on a beta blocker or are you on a, a diuretic? I don't know. I haven't done that much research. It's very you know, small. I have a history of heart problems. So. Ah, palpitate. You could never be conscripted into the military? Right. So many yeah. palpitations. You wouldn't believe it. Good There's for like you. A, yeah. <laughs> also... <laughs> A teaser for an upcoming episode, you know, who else has heart problems is Hugh Henney. I really want to get into that with him on the podcast. Do you think his is also stress related? From what I've heard on Penny's Going in Raw, his was like in high school and he Mm. wasn't able to play football and that's how he got into trading. So he's, if it was, he's pretty young to be having stress related heart. I mean, that's more for me. You know, I'm almost 40. I haven't even yeah. talked to you since my birthday. Did, uh, because where were you going that weekend? Thank you for getting us back. I was going to what New York to open the NASDAQ. Open it up. 
Yeah. Tell us about um, that experience. That's not something I don't think many of us will ever do. I don't have, I, I will never do that. We don't know that this podcast could go. My bad. You know, <laughs> we could be opening the NASDAQ next year. I think. We um, so it, I went with Rose Hill and that's a SPAC and uh, it's a family friend. They invited us to come up, uh, which I was like, well, this is my Super Bowl, of mm-hmm. course, which funny enough, uh, the Braves are actually 24 minutes ago, just kicked off the first game of this or World Series, Super Bowl, whatever. So like, going to NASDAQ is my Super Bowl. So my mom and I went up on my birthday, which was October 14th. We stayed at the Carlisle, which if you guys don't know what that is, there's a very, very cool movie about it, like a documentary. It's a super, super cool hotel in New York. Got a little Italian. I don't know if you've been to New York since the pandemic, but you can eat on the street everywhere, which is awesome because you get to really experience the city. You mean just like a hot dog cart? No, no. Like all the restaurants have seating outside. Now. Oh, got it. Yeah. Cause yeah. you could always walk around with a hot dog just so you know. <laughs> or street meat. Street meat. Yes. <laughs> street That's meat. Um, and then we went to, we were going to the NASDAQ and we were supposed to be there. So I'm going to confess to you that I didn't, fully realized that the NASDAQ building was different than the New York Stock Exchange. I don't think a lot of people know that. I don't think that that's something to be because everything now is you it's it's all digital. It's online. You're trading through your phone. You're tra- I mean all the brokers are digital. The The floor doesn't mean obviously what it did like in even the early 2000s, right? So it's not, I don't think a lot of people know that, especially retail traders. So I don't feel like that's anything to be ashamed of. People should probably now go look it up and see where, where the NASDAQ is, the New York Stock Exchange, that they're on completely different sides of the city. Well, and we almost got really screwed on that. <laughs> did yes. you start going to Wall Street? Well- my mom kept saying, it's in Times Square. And I was like, no, it isn't. Like, <laughs> it's not there. And then she was like, Blaine, we're going to be in the middle of Times Square. And I was like, I think that you like might be mistaken on this. Um, but turns out she wasn't. No. Right she in the was, middle of Times Square. She so, was spot on. She all, the morning of, we were supposed to be there at 8. And we got it. The Carlisle is very close to Times Square. So all of the figuring out where it was, was luckily done prior to going. But we only found out 48 hours before the bell ringing ceremony that it was happening. So within 48 hours, I had to like change all my kids stuff, get a hotel. My mom broke her foot the night before. We're on a plane headed headed to New York and Jimmy luckily found us the hotel and figured out where everything was, you know, he loves that. So, Mm -hmm. but so the morning of, we're supposed to be there at eight. We got up at five. I mean, it was like Santa. It was like the (laughs) biggest Christmas morning. And then 
my mom made me call the concierge to see what time we should leave the hotel to get to NASDAQ. Of course, I'm on my phone. I'm like, mom, Uber says 10 minutes. And she's like, call the concierge, call, call the concierge. And I'm like, sir, we're going to the opening bell on NASDAQ. Like, what time do you think we should leave? And he was like, oh, now, like, you'll never make it. And I was like, oh, no. But he thought we were going to the stock exchange. See? Like, he had no idea. Uh-huh. And I was like, mom, I we have to just trust the uber app right that we can get there anyway we were the first people there no it's not a bad thing not a bad thing we went in it felt like a movie uh a movie a tv studio it -hmm. did not there was no one running around Mm -hmm. selling stuff any of the things that i thought might happen like it just felt like a big television studio There was a nice coffee bar there. We got our picture taken. I went over to get a cup of coffee and they have these coffee mugs that say NASDAQ on them in like Mm -hmm. a very retro script. Like Miami? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I look at the barista and I'm like, what does one have to do (laughs) to get one of these coffee cups? And he was like, oh, we don't sell them. And I'm like, I understand you don't sell them, but like, I would really like one it's of these to asking. come home with me. Right. I wasn't asking and, whether you sell them. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, how does one of these come to Atlanta? But I didn't feel like I could steal anything. Yeah. Lest we be kicked out of the nest. Prior to <laughs> ringing the opening bell. Got it. Yeah, that's yeah. a good play. Yeah. So I thought he might give me one. But then I put him in a situation where he had to ask his boss if the crazy blonde girl could steal the mug. And mm-hmm. I got turned out. So I don't have one of these mugs. So if you're looking for a Christmas present for me. Yeah. Travel up to New York. Hit the NASDAQ. Steal a mug. Get out alive. Return to the Southeast. And that's all That's all there is. Simple as that. So had our coffee. Did a little schmoozing. I tried to get us some guests for the podcast. And then it was time to just mosey on in to the bell ringing. We heard a couple speeches. And then everyone who was there, you're only allowed to have 75 people to the ceremony. Only. All, there were probably about 40 people there. Mm -hmm. And we all got up on stage. So we were like live on CNBC. Do you have a recording of it? No, I was there. I couldn't be recording on my phone. Um, but Jim Cramer like was on the TV and he cut to the opening bell and there I was. And I Have could you... see myself on the TV. Was this the 15th? Yes. NASDAQ opening bell, October 15th. I mean, you haven't even Googled this? No. Well, it's it's here. I'm wearing a blue dress and standing behind my mom who's all in white. She's the only person I mean, in, in white real time, in the photo. So I I was in a car in the middle of Florida and I was trying to watch it, not safe, so I didn't. I have not Googled this yet. I'm watching this in real time. NASDAQ, October 15th. This is not – that's a Chinese company. That's not you. No. Are you sure it was the 15th? Yeah. Was it the 16th? It was the 
15th. 15th. Friday? Yep. NASDAQ opening. Oh, that's 2020. Okay. <laughs> the ticker so is R-O-S-E-U. Right. Oh, it's right here. Yeah, Rose Hill. I can see you in a blue shirt and a blue dress. Blue dress. You see my mom? I can mom? see it. I do. You She's can't miss white. her. You can't no. miss her. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's right here. You need to send this to everybody or link this in the bottom of every single episode. I'm not well, kidding. I have a ton of photos and I also on my phone recorded the sound of the bell, which I was hoping Joel could like cut into, I guess this episode, I guess this is the episode where we're talking about it. So yeah. Joel, want to cue the bell? Um, Every time I call you, can that be the ringtone? Sure, sure. <laughs> Just so, to like visualize us ringing the bell. I didn't get to touch the bell, obviously. No, no. I, I wonder what those buttons are actually like. So I, I have obviously never been inside of the NASDAQ. I, I have been on one trading floor before. It's a commodities floor in Philadelphia or Chicago. Philadelphia. It's, and, it's a memorable story we're hearing. No, well, it was really cool <laughs> because this wasn't like what you see on TV. This was a basement, right? And they like these guys are still well. When was that? 2011, something like that. They're still running around with tickets at that point, right? Like it's a it's a commodities floor. There's a lot less volume. They're trading in lots. You know, here's a thousand pigs. Here's 18 million soybeans, right? It's it's still. I mean, it was. It's somewhat rudimentary. It's kind of like there's paper all over the ground. These guys have their sleeves all rolled up. Like it's a real treat, right? And obviously, historically, that's what you would have seen at the New York Stock Exchange. Now it's just all computer screens, right? Like what you see behind Jim Jim Cramer, right? It's what yeah. you see. You're yeah. saying at the NASDAQ, there's nothing. It's just essentially a TV set because NASDAQ is 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 a, a tech technology-based exchange, right? So there's mm -hmm. really no floor traders, right? No floor traders. It looked very much like if you're outside of the Today Show looking in. Yeah. Like that's what the whole set. Sadly was. enough, I've been there, done that. I haven't, but did use my mind for what, <laughs> what I thought it would look like. Did you go so, with your wife? That sounds like something she might like to do. <sighs> She would no mother long time ago. I was a kid. So once in a lifetime experience at the NASDAQ. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Oh, it was incredible. It was <clears throat> like you're recently married. Sure. Am. You know how during your wedding weekend, there's a lot of pressure to like, <clears throat> you know how important it is. So you're like, I need to like be here and be present and soak this up and like, or at least I did that. I try to take little moments for myself to like, remember what was going on. And the, this opening bell thing is the only other thing in my life. I mean, maybe having the babies, but like that I was, it was so clear to me how, mm -hmm. what a huge deal it was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is. That's so cool. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. Very jealous. Did you did you learn anything besides the fact that the stock exchanges are different and not in the same place? 
Did you learn anything big by being there? I learned you they don't sell NASDAQ mugs. That's true. Um, yeah. Well, all right. Last thing. Did you get Andrew Ross Sorkin to commit to coming on the podcast? I slipped him a note. Good. A little check yes or no action. God, he's so smart. Real smart guy. I, we also, after the bell ringing ceremony, went out onto the Times Square, like this huge walled off area in Times Square to take photos in front of the NASDAQ building. That mm -hmm. was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. What a treat. Hopefully a again, treat. but most likely not. So, well, good for you. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, thanks to my mom for making that happen. It was very nice of her. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, between now and the end of the year, it's like eight trading weeks left. What's on the pressure. agenda? What's on the agenda for you? Well, you know, I'm still so red from my overall trading career. Mm -hmm. And I know this is not um, this the smart thing to do, but I've never kept track of how much I've made or lost trading mm -hmm. because I was like, this number is going to get, the loss category is going to get so big that I'm going to leave. Yeah. So I have no handle on exactly how much I've lost, but I would like to start being a lot more responsible about that and like, keeping really good tabs on exactly what I'm, what I'm doing and just hope to start to like slowly climb out of this hole. So can you start from like October 1st from the last 25 days and say, this is where the P and L begins? <laughs> sure. I mean, because that'd be a lie, but no, but it's like a balance sheet. This is just a snapshot in time. We're just saying day zero was October 1st. Well, then I think that I would be pretty green. So See? maybe I should. How much should better do does that. that feel? It feels good. It feels We're not great. gap reporting here. There's no, there's no accounting <laughs> guidelines to follow. Let's just say October first and stick with it. Sure, sure. See? I'm sure when I get my like packet of shit from TD Ameritrade at the end yeah. of this year, it'll be a different picture. But that's what accountants are for. Sure. So, but for <laughs> you, that now you have all this momentum going into the end of the year because from yeah. October first on, in the green, in the green, yeah, yeah. You know, all that, all those things they say, like market tuition, the market's not easy. You can't, you'll be humbled. Like there's all these kind of cliche sayings about trading that somehow I just thought didn't apply to me. All of them do. Every single yeah. one. Yeah. I've had some people in my personal life reach out like, wait, I think I'm going to, I might get into trading. And I was like, let me tell you <laughs> some cold hard truth. <laughs> like, one, you're going to lose a lot of money. Yeah. Two, you have to freaking love it to get up every day and get your ass just handed to you for mm -hmm. a very long time. And it's just so like the market tuition thing was totally right. I, I probably paid tuition for like one semester of a college, not a super nice college, but a college. Yeah. Where they have investments courses and classes. Yeah. Yeah. So God, it's just not for everyone. And I was just so naive getting into it. Like I just think back to the first 
couple texts that I sent you, like, gotta open a Robin Hood, (laughs) (laughs) throw a couple dollars in workhorse. Like, do you got to start somewhere, but you do have to stick with it, or I I mean, this is all for nothing. Yeah. Or put, put that money back in the, in the self driven, uh, money management that you have with fidelity or whoever right right Um, let them drive that boat just so you don't think like it's all coming up roses for me yeah i didn't get kicked out of my gallery today my art gallery for not contributing enough paintings just Uh, not i just was i just hadn't been as focused on it as i was so there's a that's a I win some, you lose some deal. Price. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Like you also had your most profitable trading day. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> I mean. <clears throat> matrix, we're in the matrix. <laughs> right. Like that's just laying it out there. Like it doesn't really get much. It's There's no gray area or ambiguity there. It's like, yeah, this is what you get for doing what you did. <laughs> yeah. But. You know, my paintings are like $3,000 a piece. Yeah. So. So it's not like, oh, forget, like, you know, it's not like so much money that I'm like, well, I made the, not that I'm giving up my art career, but I just have not, I hadn't been focused on it like I was for so long. Right. And I, I like feel some guilt about that. But. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. It's okay. I on my very, very best year of doing art when I was like as popular as I ever was, I had a hundred thousand dollars worth of revenue selling art, which yeah. wasn't bad. Nope. I probably took home twenty thousand dollars, worked my yeah. ass off. Right. So So your hourly that, rate is very low. Yeah. That was um, very black and white to me of like, you're not going to get rich doing this, even if you're good. And I was, I was good and I was very successful at it and like really good, but it just, it's not going to be enough money to pay for our family. Right. I understand. So, yeah, but it's sad. It is. You could also use this as an opportunity to parlay into NFTs, right? To digital art. So exactly. there you go. Exactly. I have some ideas for that. I'd love to talk to you about. I think we could do like a whole king thing, like a whole, you know, my kings. Yes. Yeah. I feel like you could, I could do like a whole king release and some people would get it. A lot of people wouldn't. Yeah. See what happens. I don't see why not. So do you want to tease the episode for tomorrow or for whenever it comes out? Sure. So this episode you're listening to on Thursday, October 28th. And on Monday, just bringing up my calendar, mm-hmm. Monday, November 1st, you will hear an episode with Hugh Henney. Now, that's a very big deal for me, for us as a podcast. You know, I love all our guests. And Alice Stillinger on our last episode actually was like, you guys just get the best guest, which I'm so proud of. I think we do have amazing guests. But without Hugh, 
there would be no Penny Lane podcast. I mean, right. he absolutely like paved the way for all of this. And he, like what he and Dan have done has been so inspiring and just made me think like, if they can do that, then surely there is like some kind of place here for me. It's really, really been inspiring. And I'm less interested in talking to him about his trading and more interested in just like, you have a stock podcast. I have a stock podcast. Like, Mm-hmm. There's not that many people who have those. And no. he's also at, at the apex of. Right. Yeah. He's he's so. at the pinnacle for sure. Pinnacle. That's a better word. I thought Apex so. means the same thing as pinnacle. I think so. Okay. Pinnacle's better. Yeah. It's also a golf ball. So. It is. This will be a good one for sure. So. Yeah. Monday morning, there, Monday afternoon. You've listened, to, <laughs> you've listened to their podcast, yes? I have, correct. Okay, yep. cool. Is there anything that you would want to talk to him about? Probably. Maybe we'll make a list, a little outline. <laughs> we go in there cold. With, All right. <laughs> with Hugh. Is there, well, in the wrap-up episode or the catch-up episode, there were some things you wanted to talk about, and I just bogarted the microphone. No, nope. literally. Well, we will back pocket those things for another episode when we need pod fodder. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, I will see you tomorrow. Yep. Thanks On for the listening mic. to me talk. <laughs> I know. All right, All everybody. Right. Bye. Thank you to our producer Joel Edwards and Chesley Lowe for our banjo music. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the Penny Lane podcast makes no warranty, guarantee, or representation as to the accuracy or sufficiency of the information featured in this podcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. This podcast should not be considered professional or financial advice. Unless specifically stated otherwise, the Penny Lane podcast does not endorse, approve, recommend, or certify any information, product, process, service, or organization presented or mentioned in this podcast. And information from this podcast should not be referenced in any way to imply such approval or endorsement. The third-party materials or content of any third-party site referenced in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the opinions, standards, or policies of the Penny Lane podcast. The Penny Lane podcast assumes no responsibility or liability for the accuracy or completeness of the content contained in third-party materials or on third-party sites referenced in this podcast or the compl- with applicable laws of such materials and or links referenced herein.